Thank you so much, Beth and worship team. You guys are on fire this morning. It was really, can we celebrate them and the dancers that were there and the kids? It's awesome. And uh, just a note, did you know that uh, Pastor Josh, he, uh, he built all these uh, stage designs on his own and he put those together. There he is. Yeah. He's good for something, right? So that. Well, good morning. Good morning. And happy Palm Sunday. You too. Thank you. Um, Palm Sunday is a little bit about devotion, right? So you had these folks, these people, um, children. You've, you've got palm branches and robes, and there's this expression of devotion. I'd like you to think this morning. Um, about yourself, and this is a little bit of a heart question, is what are the things that you're most devoted to? What are the people that you are most devoted to? It's not only a heart question, but it's also a, a, a time and energy and focus. If you, you could say, I'm devoted to one thing, but then if you looked at where you put your time, energy, and thought, and focus, what would you say are the things and the people that you are most devoted to. I was thinking about that myself, and I started with things. Of course, I think we think of people first, but I started with things. I was thinking of, I have a, a certain level of devotion to Chicago sports teams. Come on now. So, so the Bears, the Cubs, you know, all of those. I have a level of devotion. Anybody watching Loyola Chicago and the NCAA? Huh? Come on. Yes, three wins. Sister Jean only chose them to win twice. I chose them to win three times. They're rocking. So I have a level of devotion there. You know, I spend some time, watch some games, uh, pay attention to free agency, a little bit of sports radio, now, if someone held a gun to my head and said, you have to renounce Chicago sports teams, right, if my life, yeah, probably, okay, I would, yeah, yeah. Um, a few other things, uh, my, my classic VW bug. If I think of time and tension and focus, haven't given it much lately, but, but there's a, a level of devotion there that I give, I work on it a little bit, try and bring some upgrades, those kind of things, right? You know what's next for me? Star Wars, right? A level of devotion. I read some books, watch the movies. Yeah. If someone held a gun to my head said I had to renounce that, well, probably. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But in the, I, I think in that moment, if I think about people, of course, I, I think first and foremost about my immediate family, my wife, my kids, certainly a, a level of, of devotion, extended family, uh, see that, also staff and friends, and you all as the church family, there, there's a, a level of devotion that I, I feel there. In fact, last week I was gone, I was going to uh, be with my family, um, and I came back and I said to Kendra, I said, you know, I'm so thankful for the staff that... Um, that they really just stepped up and let me uh, uh, leave for this particular weekend, even though we're kind of building towards Easter. And she said, you know what? You should tell them that. 
And I thought, do the people that I'm devoted to know that? Unfortunately, uh, something jumped right in my head. I have a good friend that we talk on the phone every couple of weeks, and I am devoted to him. He's a good friend, one of my best friends. But a couple of weeks ago, he said, hey, by the way, Eric, did you know that I always call you? You never call me. He was right. And I, I think that he probably doesn't know how devoted, I, I hope he does, but probably from my actions, he probably doesn't know how devoted I am to him. You heard about that, that couple that went to counseling and, uh, and uh, the counselor said, you know, what's going on? And the wife said, well, uh, my husband, he never shows me any affection. He never says, I love you. He never cares for me. Nothing. All of that. We've been married 25 years. Nothing. And the counselor said, what do you have to say to that? And he said, well, 25 years ago at the altar, I said, I love you. And if anything changes, I'll let her know. <laughs> right? Relationships don't work that way, do they? Or at least healthy relationships don't work that way. Right? Do, the, do the people that you're devoted to know that they're devoted to you? What about spiritually? What about your devotion to God? Do you ever think about your, your level of devotion to God and what he thinks about it? And does he know it. I know God is all-knowing, but there's some kind of relational dynamic there. If you turn your attention and heart to devotion towards God, would your life kind of say, well, 25 years ago, I was baptized, and I committed my life to you, Jesus. If anything changes, I'll let you know. Or are there expressions of devotion that we have or should have towards the Lord. We're going to look at a story this morning that is during the Holy Week. It's in the Gospel of Matthew. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And actually this story shows up in the Gospel of John, but John actually puts it in Bethany just before the triumphal entry. It's probably it's uh, the same story, but uh, Matthew and Mark put it right in the middle of uh, the Holy Week activities. When Jesus is in Jerusalem, this happens in Bethany. He might have stepped out into Beth Bethany, but he's teaching, he's leading, and we're, we're asking the question, what were the final stories? What were the things that happened? What were so important in this final week of Jesus' life? And we're gonna read this beautiful, simple, short story about a woman who has this really beautiful and elegant expression of affection towards Jesus. And yet, surprisingly, she gets ridiculed by the disciples. Matthew 26, starting at verse 6, says, While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper. Now, most people don't hang out in people who had had leprosy at that time, right? So probably he had leprosy for several years and he became known as Simon the leper. But then Jesus most likely healed him. 
except the name was still sticking around. Isn't that hilarious? That he's healed, and they're like, oh, hey, Simon the leper. Oh, well, I guess that doesn't really apply anymore. So probably healed by Jesus. They're in his home, and they're reclining at the table, probably kneeling down, leaning against the table. Jesus is among them. This is right in the middle of Holy Week, and it says in verse 7, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Alabaster was like a stone, or is a stone, but it's softer than a marble, but looks like a white marble. And in ancient times, they'd have this uh, alabaster box or flask or stone, and oftentimes it would have this long neck um, and a wax seal. Mark tells us that this woman broke the flask. So probably she either poured it, as we read here, or, or broke the neck and poured it out on Jesus. It says, A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? Is devotion to God ever a waste? I wonder what Jesus thinks about it. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. That seems reasonable, right? Just adding a little bit. So the disciples were indignant like that. They were really upset. <laughs> I planned that just to get you into the moment. Verse 8. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked this. Perfume could have been sold at a high price and money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, probably including the feet, that's what Mark includes and John includes, so head and the feet, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, whenever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. This blessing. We are actually told in the gospel of John and his story the identity of this woman. This woman, we're told, was Mary of Bethany, sister of Martha, sister of Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And Mary of Bethany, there's these different stories of Mary, and it, almost all the stories connect to this heart of Mary, of this deep devotion, this deep affection, this deep love for Jesus that is expressed by her on an ongoing basis. And, and Mary in particular, for me personally, has always been this ongoing encouragement and sometimes challenge 
to, to, to look at someone with this beautiful devotion to Jesus Christ, this beautiful, uh, pure, and simple devotion that, that speaks to me, that challenges me, that gives me a heart of longing, that my devotion, especially at Easter time, especially at Easter time, that I would have just some of that pure and simple devotion to the Lord. Let's think about her devotion for just a moment. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that she wanted anything from Jesus in this moment? Do you think that she had this, she was going to throw out this request, she was going to anoint and bless Jesus and then lay on him this special request? There's none of that, is there? In fact, she has this devotion that is really free, as far as I can tell, of expectations and of, or of doubt. Free of expectations or doubt. You know, I, I think there's been times in my life that my devotion has looked a little bit like Bethany, uh, uh, Mary of Bethany. That there's been times that I'll pray or I'll read or I'll worship or I'll sign up for a retreat or I'll do something simply because I just want to be with Jesus. But if I'm honest, as I reflected on this passage, I realized, you know, that's not been the season I've been in. I think I've been devoted to Jesus, but it's been filled or, or maybe tainted with expectations. Expectations. I, I turn to Jesus and I press into Jesus, but I'm wanting something. I, I'm, I'm longing for something. I think we all can fall into that sometimes, right? Right? When, we, when, when there's angst, when there's hurt, when there's difficulty, then we're praying and then we're going after and then we're, Jesus, I love you. And then when things are good, not so much. We don't know any angst going on with Mary. Her, her brother Lazarus in the past, Jesus has already raised him from the dead. Right? She's, just, she's there and she just loves Jesus. She's just pouring out affection upon him. I was listening to a testimony of a, he's a pastor, but he's actually a pretty well-known um, singer-songwriter, Christian singer-songwriter. And he was sharing his testimony of a, a number of years ago, he had a nervous breakdown. It was still very real and very fresh. He was very vulnerable as he was sharing this. And uh, he talked about how he had to step away from ministry, step away from a lot of life, actually, because he really was wrestling and he said, my, my only antidote, the, the thing that I had to remain in again and again was just not rocket science. It was prayer. It was worship. It was scripture. And he said, you know, folks, I, I didn't write any songs. I wasn't turning to Jesus because I, I was looking for revelation for what I was going to preach or write or anything. I, I just simply needed to be with Jesus. He encouraged 
the, the congregation. He said, I'd encourage you. Don't just go after him when, he, when you need things. Of course he allows us to do that. But he, he, he's now much, much healthier, and he's serving in ministry. He's doing well. He says, but I don't want to lose that. That instinct of just going to Jesus to be with him. Free of expectation. You know, I think Mary's devotion is also a lesson not only in, in free of expectation, but also free of doubt. If you look back at the story when her brother had died and Jesus delayed and he was too late and he died, Jesus comes and finally Mary comes to him. This is from John 11. And listen to her words. She sa it says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus had was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's, there's no doubt in that. There, there's no struggle. There, there's no blame. Jesus, what were you doing? You heard a long time ago. You should have been. No, it's it just this confession. Even though her, her brother had died and she had no idea that Jesus was going to raise him from the dead. She still just expressed, free of doubt, this, this trust in who Jesus is. I love Jesus' response. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews had, who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord. Then they replied, and then the, the little tiny verse, Jesus wept. See him responding to Mary, responding to the affection, responding to the sorrow. Friends, this Easter season, do you need to let go of some doubt? Do you need to let go of some expectation? You know, it's okay to lay those things down occasionally. You don't have to always carry them. You can lay them down and just seek to love on Jesus. There's a, a, a famous story. It's a very old story. I, I wrestled whether to, to share it, but I think it's quaint enough. It's actually from the, the 1800s. It's from the... The, the city of Edinburgh, Scotland. It's a story of a man named John Gray, and he, he moved to the city, and he got a job on the police force as a night watchman. Um, and to keep himself company, he got a little Sky Terrier named Bobby. And this little Sky Terrier would walk with him. He was the night watchman. So through the nights, the long nights, uh, little Bobby would run around with him and, and keep watch. They became part of the landscape uh, of the city night for, for years. Well, John later contracted tuberculosis, and he died. This was 1858. And he was buried in uh, the, the Kirkyard graveyard. And um, they buried him there, and then little Bobby would not leave the gravesite. And, and so the kind of people left and they assumed that the dog would eventually leave, but he stayed there longer. Even the, uh, the, the keeper uh, of the, the graveyard tried to, to shoo him away numerous times and Bobby would always return 
to the gravesite. In fact, eventually, he built a shelter for him right next to the grave. And then the people, the citizens of the town, began to care and bring food to Bobby and allow him to stay. Fourteen years later, Bobby died. And now, actually, if you go to that graveyard, there is a statue, not of the man, but of the dog, Bobby, that's there. And it's, um, it's engraved, let his loyalty and devotion be a lesson to us all. That, that simple devotion, that, that, that free of expectation, that, that, that love and com- commitment that was there. Do we need to do that this Easter? That, that simple love of Christ, to express that to him. Another aspect of Mary's devotion is that her devotion wasn't very practical. Do you notice that? It wasn't very expedient for the moment. Her devotion, it was a devotion that was even inconvenient and costly. It was inconvenient and costly. Now the disciples are bothered by this rather wasteful display. Um, We learn from Mark that it was probably the the value of the the perfume was probably the average worker about a year wages. So it was not inexpensive. It it was costly. It was a lot. And they have somewhat of a pious point, right, that that perfume could have been sold and given to uh, the poor. Now, does that, is Jesus' message that we shouldn't care about the poor? No, we just, last week, some of you heard Pastor Dave share sheep and the goats. It's tremendous, right? Jesus was, uh, was sharing in that parable that he cares about the least of these. He calls us to care about the least of these. But this story is about something else. This story is about relationship and devotion to God. In fact, there's another end times uh, message in, in Matthew 7 where Jesus talks about when the people come to him and they say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we heal in your name? And Jesus says, away from me. I never knew you. That is a, a knowing word. You see, part of kingdom life, yes, it is not a, a contrary of these two things. It's not either you love the poor or show affection, even costly, sacrificial affection. It, it's a both and. You understand? And Jesus is blessing. He blesses both. Both the care for the least of these and this devotion. We know this because he defends her. He protects her. And he says, you're missing the point. You're missing the beauty. You're missing the affection. You're missing the love. Don't you dare take that away from her. You know, there was another story when Mary was expressing devotion to Jesus. And it's a a little bit more well-known story. It's when uh, Martha, her sister, is hosting And they're hosting Jesus and the disciples. Some of you remember this? Yes? 
and, and Martha is working in the kitchen. And where is Mary? She's just sitting there at the feet of Jesus. And you know who complains? Martha does. And whenever I mention the story, I always have the Marthas, the Jays and the Myers-Briggs say, don't forget to defend Martha. She was doing a good. That's not what the story's about. Jesus was sitting in her living room. And Mary would not be distracted. And listen, he defends her again. He says, it says, she had a sister called Mary, Martha did, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she says, Lord, aren't you going to tell Mary to get off her backside and help me? I'm paraphrasing here. And Jesus could have said, Mary, she's your sister, come on. She, she needs some help, right? right? He could have said to the disciples, you know what, that's right, that was a lot, that was a little over the top. A year wages, that was a lot. He doesn't. What he says is, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Boy, it'd be easy this Easter. It'd be easy this season to simply be focused on all the preparations and the tasks and the family and the needs. It'd be really easy for me as a pastor to focus on the messages and uh, the, this Easter season and miss loving Jesus, simply expressing devotion to him. What about you this Easter season? Do you need to let go of doubt? Um, do you need to let go of devotion connected to circumstance and expectations and do you need to express a devotion that is simply inconvenient or maybe even costly? Maybe even where you'd catch some criticism. Maybe to express something that is going to bother your friends or spouse. Maybe that express devotion that might not shed the most positive light on you because it's not expedient. I was thinking back to a seminary. I was in a, a class with uh, my New Testament professor, and he was late. Class time started, and he wasn't there, and all the students were sitting there waiting. Five minutes went by, right? Still not there. A few more minutes. I remember the discussion. One of the students said, you know, a regular teacher, you have to give 10 minutes, but I think if they have their doctorate, you have to give 15. I don't know if that's true or not. We're just having, and we're like, oh, he has his doctorate. Dang it. So we're sitting there, and just under 15 minutes, he was almost a full 15 minutes late, he walks in, right? He walks in. He sits down, he gets there, and uh, he just said, I, I, I am so sorry that I was late. It's on me. I made a decision. 
honestly, I was at a morning service. Uh, I can't remember if it was Holy Week, but they were, they were having a morning service. And he said, I knew I should have gone, but we're ending with communion. I just needed communion. I, I just needed. You know, I don't remember tons from that class. I remember that. I remember his heart. I remember his devotion. So I reported him late. (laughs) All right. Um, One more. Uh, this, This Easter, do you need to do something sacrificially? Do you need to to give, yes, deacons, I'll say, you could give more to the church than you planned on this Easter. Could you, could you sacrifice time? Could you, uh, could you get away from, with the Lord? Could you go hiking in the mountains by yourself? Could you, could you observe a, a fast? Could you do something that is maybe not all expedient and planned out just just between you and the Lord. Probably, I think you'd, you'd bless your soul, as, as, as Pastor Josh said, this Easter. Just how would you show affection to the Lord? Finally, Mary of Bethany's devotion was a devotion that was very personal and intimate. In John's version of the story, the Gospel of John, Mary not only pours the perfume on her head, but his feet. And, and what she does is she, she crosses some culturally acceptable lines with Jesus. In fact, in John 12, it says this, Then Mary took about a pint of nard, pure nard, and an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet, and then she must have let down her hair, and then wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with this fragrance of the perfume. Maybe some of the disciples' indignation was also that that inappropriate line that was crossed between Mary and Jesus. And yet Jesus, he defends that, this, this personal, this intimate, this this expression, he, he defends her. It made me think of perhaps my favorite expression of devotion in the Old Testament. It has to do with David when they're, they're bringing in the ark. And, and David is, is not only their king, not only the lead warrior, but he's their, their lead worshiper. Right, And so it says that David, he, he's leading and he is dancing with all his might. He's sacrificing, he's dancing, and he's got on this uh, priestly ephod. It's uh, um, perhaps just like an apron uh, type thing that uh, the priest would wear. That's all he's got on. He's not in his armor. He's not in all of this. And he's dancing with all his might. And his wife, or... Um, or uh, Saul's daughter, Michal, she sees him, and we're told in the scripture, she despises him in her heart. And then he gets home after blessing all the people, and this is what Michal says. 
how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would do. That was not a a very warm welcome for the king. Listen to what David says to her. He says, it was before the Lord. It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. You haven't seen nothing because it's before the Lord. The one true living God. And you're gonna you're gonna hit me for not being very kingly? You're gonna hit me for 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 embarrassing myself in front of the people? Don't you get it? This was before the Lord. And then he goes on. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes but by these slave girls you spoke of I will be held in honor. I don't know if I've expressed devotion to the point where I've been criticized. I'd like to. I want to. Do you need something this Easter that's just between you and Jesus that is that intimate, that is that personal, that would change your experience of Holy Week? You know, I think that there's opportunities to do that. Pastor Josh talked a lot about the... uh, Um, The Stations of the Cross, do you know if you do that, you don't get a gold sticker? You you don't get to check, done, it doesn't fulfill a box, you don't have to do that. You don't get a cup of coffee, you don't get anything. Then why would you do that? Just between you and Jesus. Just between you and Jesus. What this Holy Week could you think about that would be just between you and him? There's one story I left off that is a little bit challenging. When Abraham sacrificed Isaac and uh, it was a test of faith And, and there's a verse in there that still troubles me that I I think about a lot. And it says this, after he was about to sacrifice his son Isaac, the promised child, and the Lord says, don't do that. Here's a, a, a sacrifice for you. And it says this, that messes with my theology. The Lord said, now I know. Now I know you fear me. How can an all-knowing God make that statement? I can't clean up the theology. I've studied it. I don't get it. 
And yet there's something so relational and personal between God and us that he invites us not for greater religious expression. He invites us. We're about to celebrate the greatest expression of love from the one true living God, the Son of God, poured out for us on the cross that he gave his life out of love for you and me. And he says, when we respond back with affection... He blesses that. He says, yes, yes. He's inviting us to respond with love. We're going to do something a a little bit different to end the service. Um, We have, thank you very much to, to Betsy who created these mini stations And we're going to finish with a a final worship song. And we have a little oil. And I thought as an expression, if you feel comfortable, um, then you can come forward and just in a prayer, you can say a prayer and pour that oil over the cross as an expression of love and devotion. I'm going to be on the stage and I'm going to ridicule you if you come forward. Does that sound fun? No, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is we're just going to, Beth's going to help me and we're going to, um, instead of close with a, a, a worship song traditionally that we're due, we're going to just do a, a song that is about a simple devotion. And if you mind that I'm playing the guitar, I don't care. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah. Beth, come on up here. Would you uh, close your eyes with me? Jesus, I gave it to him the way you want me to. So just between you and the Holy Spirit, do you think he knows how much you love him? Has it been a while? since you just had this expression of devotion that wasn't expedient, that cost you something that you care about, time or money, embarrassment. Would you just take some time as we sing? You can stay in your seat if you want and just express love to him you feel so led, you can 
come to one of the crosses of stations and pour the oil over the cross. You can go to a prayer partner and if you want to pour the oil and would love to have someone pray for you. Or if you just want to kneel down somewhere or go back to your seat and pray, just would you, can we have a few moments? We're not looking around and who's doing what. We're just spending time with the Lord. Simplicity, longing for purity, to worship you, spirit and truth, only you. Lord, strip it all away till. coming back to my first love only The reason I see 
Can we stand up together? If you picked up the chorus, you could sing it along with us or just listen. You're the reason I sing. benediction, I thought I would share this little, it was given me this morning, just before I went up to preach, by Allie Schaefer. It's to Pastor Eric from Allie, and it's the drawing of Pike's Peak, and it says, worship God, and I think that's Allie up there. And I was thinking, I wonder how much my devotion to God looks like this. 
And God delights in it. He delights in it. Would you go this holy week? Would you go and look beyond all the busyness of life, all the things that would distract, all the, all the work or school challenges? Would you look all beyond that? And lift your eyes above that to this Jesus who is seated at the right hand of the cross, who loves you, is inviting you to love him back. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. God bless you.